We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the Culture Friday and for the culture today, we give you one of the Notre Dame great defensive linemen. Double, this is a double portion for me left because he also was drafted by my Chicago Bears as well. Yeah. So getting a chance to talk to a former Domer and a former Bear is a blessing as we bring in our special guest today, former Notre Dame defensive lineman Paul Grassmanis to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Paul, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. So how are things going? How was your vacation? The vacation was awesome, man. We, uh, The wife and I celebrated our 20th anniversary. And so we flew out to Los Angeles and we drove up uh, Highway 1 all the way up the coastline up to Napa. Nice. And, um, and spent a few days out there. So no, it was, uh, it was, put it this way, it was much needed. You know? So I saw the picture you took with your guy, David Akers, out there at Manhattan Beach, man. How That's cool right. was it to catch up with one of your former teammates? Yeah, no, actually, that was uh, that was Jeremy Akers. Jeremy Akers, I'm sorry. And, yes. uh, and yeah, Jeremy and I were, you know, we were roommates for three of our years together at Notre Dame. Yeah. Flanner Hall, room 215, uh, throwback right. to Flanner Hall there. Um, but yeah, you know, Jeremy, you know, we, we've stayed in touch through the years and, um, you know, it's always good to, to see a former roommate and teammate. And, and as a matter of fact, we were teammates in Denver, uh, for, for one year as well. So, wow, that's awesome. um, yeah, it was just some good times. Great catching up. So Genesis, Genesis, Michigan, how does a young man from Genesis end up <laughs> at Notre Dame playing for Lou Holtz? Yeah, that's a great question, especially 30 years ago, right before all <laughs> social media and um, yeah, yeah. If you weren't if you weren't from the east side of Michigan, you weren't getting recruited a whole lot. Um, honestly, very thankful. Word of mouth. Um, I remember Coach Moore was actually um, in Grand Rapids, and he was recruiting a couple of other offensive linemen from from some other high schools. And it was those high schools, uh, when Coach Moore had asked him, he said, hey, is there any other kids in this area I should know about? And uh, they said, yeah, the guy across town, go check him out. He's a defensive lineman. And uh, we, we think, you know, he, he'd be a good fit for you all. So I actually owe that credit to, uh, to some of those other coaches that, that passed my name out there. 
That's amazing. So you get word to Notre mouth. Dame. I know word of mouth is amazing. Yeah, right. And- so you get to Notre Dame, and what is your first impression? Because at this point, they're coming off national championships. They're national contenders each and every year. You walk in with this great group, this great recruiting class. You meet Lou Holtz. What's the first impression? Man, I'll tell you what. Coming from the small town in Michigan, from Jenison, you know, I, I was awestruck. I mean, you know, there's Lou Holtz and – you know, you, you see some of the greats, you know, Rocket Ishmael was around, Chris Zorich was around, and you're like, holy smokes, like, these are some studs here. And then you question yourself, like, why y'all looking at me? Like, am I even worthy? Yeah. I mean, it was it was a trip. Uh, I, I was the first kid from my high school to, to even go to a D1 program. Um, so that's why, for me, I was, you know, Grand Valley State was right down the road for me, literally, like two miles down the road. I was lucky and happy to go there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah. so when some of these bigger schools like Notre Dame and Michigan and Michigan State come, you know, sending the letters in the mail and making visits and whatnot, I was like, holy smokes, like, this is the real thing. Like, this is kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, obviously at the beginning, a lot of self-doubt just coming from a small town, small school. So what was the best thing that Notre Dame did for you at that point in your life? What did Notre Dame give me? Yeah, you talked about being awestruck. Yeah, Yeah. so I grew up, I was a diehard Michigan fan. Wow. I mean, I could tell you from, you know, with Bo Schembechler being there and, you know, Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback when I started watching them in the mid-80s. I mean, to me, they were they were the team, and it honestly took the one my, my very first visit to Notre Dame, down by the lakes down there by the grotto. Coach Holtz had a meeting with a handful of us, and I'm like, I'm sold. Like this is it. They preached the academics. They preached the history. Mom and Dad, that's all they needed to hear was the academic part. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, uh, they they were they were sold from the get go as well. And then, um, you know, getting to, to meet some of the players at that point. And obviously, yeah, winning the national championship a few years before that. Um, I was like, shoot, this is, this is where I need to be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once again, we have former Notre Dame great defensive lineman Paul Grassmanis right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast with us on For the Culture Friday. Now, just talk about, you know, I talked to uh, one of your former teammates, Pete Bursich, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> and we attempted to talk about the Boston College game in yeah, 93. We, we, we tried to forget that one. <laughs> but do you, do you guys feel like – and I asked him, taking a step back, do you guys still feel like, regardless of how things went down in that game, do you guys still to this day feel like we were the best team in the country that year? Oh, hands down. You know, crazy story, right? You know, so back, you know, you go back to 1993 and that game and fast forward to even my first few years in the league, like I literally hated Florida State. And mm-hmm. then, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, as a matter of fact, it was 2000. We had a uh, when I was with the Philadelphia Eagles, we bring on this kid named Corey Simon. Yeah, and um, you know Corey was our first round draft pick that year from Florida State, a defensive tackle. Lo and behold, he and I become best friends. He introduces me to my wife, who is a Florida State girl, and Corey, <laughs> you know, and Corey's the best man Probably at our wedding. Your opponent, I love it. Right. So like <laughs> as much as I hated them, like now all of a sudden I find myself associating with them and and, and I bought a house down there, living down oh, there. You, oh, um, oh, you went all in. I at the beginning. At the beginning. <laughs> See now my wife is from Warsaw, Indiana, just outside of oh. South Bend. Okay. So, so I, I finally convinced her. So we're up in Nashville these days. We we got out of Florida and, and we're back halfway back home. Um, but I completely forgot where I was going with all that. So we're going we're gonna to leave that <laughs> as is. Look, Malik and I, we talk about this all the time. Nashville might be like our second or third favorite spots to go visit. Very nice place. Especially on a football weekend during the fall. It's absolutely amazing to yeah, go to Nashville. Just kidding. It really is. It really is. So you talk about that game. Let's dig into it. Because – the game of the century originally was 1988 Miami Notre Dame. That was the big game. And here comes Florida State invading Notre Dame Stadium in 1993. Two undefeated teams, game of the century. Just go back and think about being a part of it and what it felt like before and then after getting the victory. Yeah, so it was interesting that week. Obviously, all the hype surrounded it, right? That was the very first college game day. You know, that, with, with Kirk Curb Street and Lee Corso mm-hmm. and them. That was the very first one. Um, and so that in itself, like to know that that ESPN crew was going to be on campus that week 
you know, that Saturday, that was just adding to all that hype. Um, but it was, man, the jitters, the hype. But you like we had such a confidence to us. Um, I mean, how could we not? Number one, we we were the best team in the country. We, and you look back at that roster, the the, the number of draft picks that came off of that roster, um, especially the, the seniors that were on that team. You know, you from the Aaron Taylors and Bryant Youngs, uh, Jim Flanagan, you know, studs, and. Um, you know, we, we just had, and obviously with Coach Holtz, you know, the, the week of preparation, I mean, he got us ready for it. And, you know, and he worked his magic, too, from the coaching perspective, you know, to keep us level-headed. Um, and I'll say it, you know, I said it then. I said it, you know, 20 years ago living in Tallahassee. I'll say it again now. We whooped that rear end. We, we, got, we, we got after them and... They can say, oh, the grass was long. You know, you guys try to do it now. Hey, a win is a win, and we worked you all over. Right. If you're a good team, then you could have adapted. Yeah. yeah. I've asked some of your former teammates, and I said, hey, if you guys had to play them again, would you have beat them worse? And they're like, oh, yeah. And no no doubt about it. And I say, and I don't say that to be cocky. I just say that with a lot of confidence. Yeah, like we were, we were that good, and we owned them that day. And the Man. score was the score wasn't even reflective. It wasn't even reflective. It just <laughs> no. everything y'all did. It was just like, yeah. What are some of your best off the field moments when you think about Notre Dame? Like, let me ask you this: Your I'm last not incriminate myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. You're, you're right. We don't want you to do that. Give me your last game. You walked out of the stadium. What do you do? Ooh. That last game, I'm trying. I went and hugged Coach Holtz. Mm. That was that was that was number one, giving him a, a, a giant hug and just saying thank you. And then afterwards, you know, out in that parking lot, seeking my mom and dad. My mom and dad, I mean, they took out loans to for my senior year to attend every single one of my games, home and away. Wow. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful to, to have a mom and dad that could do that and did do that. Uh, it meant the world to me at the time. And um, so those and then obviously celebrating, you know, with, with your teammates uh, that evening, uh, you know, after the game. But going back, you know, my, our, our last game was a loss in the Orange Bowl to Florida State again. Um <laughs> A game I feel we should have won, but you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go that route. They they beat us, and um, but it was obviously you know that stunk going out on a loss. But yeah. the friendships, the coaches, the families that will always remain, and and that's what to me that's what Notre Dame is. And, and I don't want that to be cliche because I know we always say that right regarding Notre Dame, like the family. Man, yeah. But people truly don't understand, though, that it's a different family at Notre Dame. I don't know what makes that, but it is definitely something different. It's something to be experienced. You can't experience it unless you go there. That's just because I have just as tight of relationships with my, you know, my non-athletic roommates, you know. Mm. And when I say that, I mean just, you know, the, the student population and – I'm just as close with them today 
as I am, you know, with the Jeremy Akers or whoever. Um, you know, that's just that's something that Notre Dame Notre Dame produces. Uh, and, and again, I say it's something special. Um, you know, it's something I know you guys, I think you guys both know, uh, DC Curry, um, you know, DC and I live five minutes apart here in Franklin, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I didn't know DC until probably about six years ago. And man, that joker is one of my closest friends these days. And again, that that was something that, you know, we wouldn't have had that bond hadn't it been for Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame connected us and united us when we met, um, and it, it's just it's something special. I want to talk to you about being Coach Holt's last guys before he left the university. You just talked about it, going to find him after that final home game against Rutgers and giving him a hug. And not only that, but just that season. I don't know if a lot of people remember how close the 96 team was to being undefeated. You guys, tough loss. I believe it was at Air Force, was it? By yep. three? Yep. You guys played in 96. You guys went to the horseshoe and dominated Ohio State for two and a half quarters and then <laughs> made some turnovers. People forget that. That was like that Eddie George team that everybody loved. You guys physically were running the ball, stopping them, shutting them down, and then you had two – Two turnovers, like in the span of like three minutes, and all of a sudden things got away from you. You know, I, you, I actually appreciate you saying that. Absolutely, because because you've done your homework then. Yeah. Because nobody understands we did have Eddie George shut down. Yeah. Right. And and we we we, I'm not gonna say we dominated, but we held our own. We did we did very well defensively to mm-hmm. keep them off the field. And you're right, it was a couple of turnovers um, that took place in you know, the defense was going back out there back after back after back. Right. And, and shoot, we just got tired, Yeah, you know, cause, and that's when they started pounding Eddie more and more, they knew we were tired. Um, but yeah, for a good majority of that game, we, we held our own and did well. Yeah. Uh, just mistakes caught up to us. Yeah. Then you guys early in the game, they turned the ball over and you weren't able to capitalize offensively and put touchdowns on the board because your lead could have been more than what it was there in the third quarter to maybe give you a little bit of cushion. But I was thoroughly impressed. And I just looked at that season, and like you said, you guys were out playing Florida State in the bowl game. Yeah. You know, and they come back late. I think Derek Mays had some amazing touchdown catches in that game. You guys were down. You started quarterback playing with your backup. That was one of my favorite Notre Dame teams, that Texas game where you guys win – at the end with the Archie Denson touchdown. That that's a great, that's an unheralded yeah. football season in Notre Dame history, in my opinion. That Texas game was awesome. Yeah. That was that for me, that was a real deal because that was a we, you know, we hadn't played Texas in forever. And um, you know, they came in with some hype that year. And uh they, you know, I think they were a top 10 ranked team when we played them. And um, you know, I think, you know, that was another game. I think that we own them pretty good. I think we, we beat them by a couple of touchdowns. And um, that one, to me, will, will always be memorable, um, especially with all the Texas friends I have these days. Uh, <laughs> you know, throw it back in their face or whatnot. Yeah, um, so- but getting back, 
looking back, thinking back, it was the, the, the one game we lost that year and shouldn't have uh, was the season. It wasn't Air Force. It was the season over. It was Northwestern. Mm. Um, and that they had Autry Denson as a running back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who later became my teammate in Chicago. Um, but, yeah, they that was a – besides the BC game from 93, that was probably the second loss that was most – because that was a season opener. Yeah. And to, to lose to – you know, to lose to them at home yeah. when we were when we were a highly ranked team, that, that, that hurt. That, that took a little sting out of us. Oh, that was the uh, Pat Scher, Dwayne Bates, that team. That's right. When Northwestern yeah. started to turn things around. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, I remember watching that game saying, okay, eventually we're going to wake up and take this game over. And yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> it just didn't happen. <laughs> well, it's funny, Malik, your, one of your worst nightmares is a game against Northwestern at home. Yeah, it's unbelievable how they – Play so well, you know, it's like it's, it's their Super Bowl. So you're going to get their best efforts. And, you know, Northwestern, during the time we played them, were huge. They were way bigger than, than I expected them to be, you know, being a team that always getting torched around the Big Ten. So, you know, it's always different when you actually playing a team as opposed to watching them on TV. Right. Absolutely. So true. So the, so the Bears draft you, and you walk into that locker room and – you get a chance to play with a former Domer that's in there, the defensive line, and just playing for a story franchise. How was that time for you? That was super cool. I mean, I grew, you know, growing up in West Michigan, it it was the Bears that were on TV. Um, so for me to work my way around Lake Michigan, if you will, because you know, go I went south to South Bend, and then went right around Lake Michigan more to Chicago. So that was. For me to be close to home still, I could yeah. you know, jump in the car, and, and that was awesome. And then the number of domers that we had there, I mean, it was myself, Jim Flanagan, Chris Zorich, Andy Heck, Tom Carter, Anthony Peterson, Rick Meyer. I mean, we were all on that roster, and, and I played with most of them at Notre Dame except for uh, Zorro and, and Andy Heck. And um, – I think there was, I think there was a total of seven of us, and but yeah, on the defensive line with me, Zorro, and Flanny, man, that was pretty cool. You now, know? is is it weird to see some of uh, your your teammates like Flanny and Bryant Young sons being recruited by Notre Dame now? Dude, it's <laughs> so cool. Like I'm so happy for them, and you know, I, I'm thankful that I still you know have a friendship with with, with both of them, especially Flanny. You know, Flanny, I talk often and um you know just so cool to 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 see both of their kids excel and to have yeah. the success and like man that like that's from from a, a dad right like how cool is that to have your own kid you know following in your own footsteps and obviously you want them to make their own name for themselves and whatnot but man i, I would do any like to have my kid be able to go to notre dame and man I, that that'd be really freaking cool, man. I can only imagine. Now you go on to play for the Denver Broncos and the Philadelphia Eagles, and I want you to solve something that's been a mystery for us, if you could. There's supposedly there was a game where uh, you guys traveled down to Texas Stadium, and it was close to 118 degrees on the field. It was that hot. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in order for you guys to prepare for the heat, your Eagles trainer gave you guys pickle juice. Shout out to Rick Burkholder. Wow. Uh, no doubt about it. And, right. you know, I mean, and now it's being, it's still being used today. Yeah, it is. So this is a true story. Oh, it's a 100% true story. We still use pickle juice at Notre Dame. Yep. Shoot, high, our high school teams are, you know, are doing it. NFL teams are doing it. Everybody's doing it now. Wow. And that was, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not even going to begin to <laughs> talk about the science behind it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rick, you know, and shout out to Rick, uh, you know, I don't know if he would hear this podcast or not, uh, uh, but I love Rick's one of the greatest athletic trainers out there. Uh, you know, he's been with the Chiefs now with Andy Reid since they both left Philadelphia together um, yeah. you know, years ago. And Rick is known to be one of the best trainers in the league. Uh, he's, he's awesome. So you've done some D-line coaching. We want you to help us out, okay? Uh, first and foremost, before we dig into how Notre Dame can improve on the D-line, because they've struggled against the run the last two years. And it was so much easier, in my opinion, when you knew 60% of the direct uh, connection to the play offensively was going to be a run some 20 years ago. Like teams are running the ball 60% of the time. Yeah. Now for our defensive linemen, the game is so much more intricate with the introduction of all these passing games, whether it's vertical or side to side. As you coach D-line, as you have, you talk to young players, what do you think are the most important factors for them to be effective in the modern era of college football or football itself? Yeah, I mean, personally, from the line perspective, I don't. it doesn't change a whole lot. You know, I think that's more for the linebackers and, and the secondary. As far as line, if I can, if I know the backfield set or, or what group, what package is on the field, that's going to help me know what their tendencies are from what I've learned that week in, in film study and, and, and whatnot. Um, so if I know what package is out there, and then obviously studying the guy in front of me, right? Like I've, I've still got my aiming points. I've still got the, you know, if I'm a D tackle and I've got the guard, right, I'm going to look at that, the formation to see where the, the, the running backs or the tight end are, you know, line up according to formation. And I'm going to focus on, on my guy and know what his tendencies are, you know, whether if it's a trapping team, a pulling team or whatnot, or the, the tendency to pass out of a certain formation. Um, so, again, I don't think it changes a whole lot for the line, the interior guys. I've still got my aiming points and, and it's me versus you, you know, it, it, you know, it's who's going to win that battle. And um, at the end of the day, I still got a man up to you and beat you one-on-one. Wow. That's as simple as that. Is it true? I, I used to work with uh, Yurko, John Jerkovich yeah. in my days in sports radio. And he would always tell me, Sean, don't let anybody tell you. The closer you are to the ball, the smarter the athlete you are. <laughs> he meant the center. <laughs> he, he might have, but he always talked about that. But he talked about how intelligent you had. Because the defensive line and offensive line and trenches are all about physicality and force. But he's like, there's so much intelligence as you just laid out, knowing all of these things and reading keys. 
That's so yeah, important. I, I, I know that. him a, a little bit just from his time in Green Bay and whatnot, and uh, yeah. spoken like a. And I knew his brother, um, you know, Mirko. Yeah. And uh, he, spoken like a true Eastern European. I'll leave it at that. He <laughs> always, always going to give give the lineman credit. <laughs> So how do you feel about where things are going with Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman? Do you feel like he has the program headed in the right direction? I think there's no doubt about it. I think he's got it going in the right direction. Um, I love the way we ended last season, except for the bowl game loss. Um, Well, they actually, they lost to USC. They won the bowl game. Maybe I'm thinking of a year too far then yeah they he lost the first bowl game to okay. oklahoma state That's i know what, what you're thinking about right, right, yeah. right yeah so no i think we ended the season very well yeah. um after what was it the uh the marshall loss yeah and i'm not gonna lie i had my doubts after that marshall loss and i'm like what the heck is going like how this this can't be happening right and um but you know he he righted the ship and uh i I think everything looks good right now. I've never met Marcus yet. Uh, I've not been back to campus in a couple of years, just to other priorities. Um, I'd love to have the chance to to, to meet him and say hello. And um, but so far, so good. From from what I can see, it looks like he's doing a good job in recruiting. Um, I love the fact that he's bringing back some of these former players and their kids because I do think that that adds value. Um, but you know, time. I'm always a big believer in time. Time will always tell. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Absolutely. You know. Before we let you go, we have time right here on this Friday. And everyone, go follow Paul Grassmanis on Twitter. Let people know where they can follow you, Paul. Yeah, it's uh, at Paul Grassmanis uh, on Twitter. So I appreciate it. That's the, and that's the only social media. I'm off of Facebook. I'm <laughs> off of Instagram. I learned my lesson a few years ago. It's just wasted time. So Twitter is the only one I'm on these days. Yeah, I saw that you thought that uh, Commissioner Silver was a little light on his punishment of John Morant today. You thought it should have been a little bit more, huh? I'm thinking because what he he got the 23 or 25 games. 25. I was thinking it'd be half a season. That was my original thought because anything you know because he screwed up and then he had he served that suspension, right? And then he came right back and did the same thing again, like. To me, that's just stupid. 
like you he obviously didn't learn the lesson like you you gotta you gotta hit him in the pocket where it's gonna really financially maybe get to him and um that's just you know that's just my two cents on that like I, I love athletes. I want nothing but the best for them. I want them to succeed. Yeah, man. But man, don't be an idiot. Don't be stupid. Don't ruin it for not not only for yourself but for everybody else. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, I thought it would be more. It's yeah. a tap on the wrist, in my opinion. I know yeah. left you for you left. You're pretty cool with it, right? You think that's about where it should be. You don't want to hear my opinion. I know you might. <laughs> he left thinks it's a little bit too much. But, hey, <laughs> but we'll get into it. But once again, Paul Grass Matters, go follow him on Twitter at Paul Grass Matters. You have been one of our – oh, we have to give you the road trip question that we give to every former That's player. Right. You didn't prep me for this one. Okay, here it is. <laughs> you get three teammates on a Vegas trip. Who are you taking? Notre Dame teammates or yeah, yeah Notre Dame teammates. Uh, I gotta go with my road dog Jeremy Akers. Okay, right. um, he he's gonna be my number one. Um, boy, that's a great question. That's an interesting question too. <laughs> Good question. That's right. Yeah, because none of my number one, none of my friends these days gamble. Oh you know, wow! Feel like that part's out of the equation. So it would be, so it'd just be like golfing, right? You just it, be- uh, yeah, honestly, probably, that's exactly right. Um, man, I I, I guess I, it's going to be a lame answer, but probably just my road dogs. You know, just guys I'm still close with. You know, Scott Palumbo was our punter uh, back in the day. I, I yeah. love Scott, and Scott's a good friend these days, and. You know, between him and Jeremy, uh, I think we, we we could still make some good times out there, and yeah, we, we'd yuck it up pretty good. And yeah. uh, gosh, who would I throw in for that last one? Uh, probably Flanny. Uh, I can see Flanny and, being and, fun. And no, no other reason than that he's just a good friend, and we're, we're very similar in many aspects of life. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, before man, you were there when uh, the next. AD, uh, as Jack Swarbrick steps down, Pete Bavacqua was a walk-on punter in 93. Uh, any time, any memories of him as a, a former teammate and what he could be bringing to Notre Dame as the next athletic director? Yeah, you know, I don't know a whole lot on Pete other than what he did with, with the PGA. And, and I think it's a, a, a great hire. Uh, just from the little research that I tried to do on him, I, I, you know, I tried to do a little bit of homework on him. And uh, I think he's going to be beneficial for us. Uh, I think Jack did a great job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it just his time, I think maybe even with the NIL, maybe his time might be just running out a little bit and, you know, get get a younger face in there and, um, you know, maybe somebody in with some new ideas who can – you know, maybe help them get to that next level. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're, and I think Jack, like I said, did has done a great job, but I think maybe Pete can maybe take us over the top. Yeah, absolutely. We're right on board with you, Paul. Continued success, health and well-being to you and your family. And uh, we're, hey, I love my favorite spot down in Nashville is the Pancake Pantry. Every time I get down there. There you go. It's, it's, yes, about a, it's about an hour wait, but it's well worth it. It's darn worth it. No doubt. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today, Paul.
Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. That's former Notre Dame great defensive lineman Paul Grasmanis joining us right here for the Culture Friday. That was a great interview, Love. That was yeah, a great awesome. interview. You know, very engaging, man. And these guys that played on Blue Host teams always have good things to say. You know, Great things to say. So you think Ja got a little bit too much. Go ahead. So, I mean, you know, CEOs of companies do crazy or illegal things every day, and they don't get suspended or nothing stupid like that. You probably don't even hear about it. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what – because it wasn't illegal, you know, I don't know what the games are going to be doing in terms of a rehabilitation thing, the way they're trying to spin it now. I mean, what, he just, he didn't think it was that big of a deal. Clearly, it's a big deal for optics. Yeah. He's probably battling a lot of, like, y'all making me a, a bad dude and all this stuff. And so, I don't know, man. I think being that young, having that much money, I think it's different if it was. See, I would say, if we're really going about this suspension thing, I would rather suspend Zion for 25 games. Over the over the tweets? For conduct detrimental and being crazy and blowing money and doing But wait a minute, hold on. This is the thing though. Most dudes were bigging up Zion though. During 48 hours. That's the crazy thing. For 48 hours. After the fact came out. Dude, for 48 hours, the league was like. Suspend Zion for that. And then, John, it's just like, bro, you just got to pick oh, better man. friends. I would have suspended his friends or something. Like, suspend that has what he did has no effect on the basketball court from a legal perspective. He wasn't, he wasn't like Carwell Pope, who yeah. played with an ankle monitor when he played for the Lakers. He still and played, he had an ankle monitor on. It's amazing, love. And he's lost damn near everything. His statement that job, the statement that job released, you know, was crafted. It was crafted a week in advance. You could tell it was already prepared. Um, the moment that the commissioner gave his address before the finals, when he said what he said, you knew the decision had already been made. They were just deciding that they were going to go. He could have announced it right there at the press conference before yeah, the finals. Yeah, it's so OD, man. It's but so I will say this. This is reminiscent of it's hard from a business standpoint. And on the latest episode of The Shop, I believe it was Chris Paul who pointed this out. He said, it's hard to sit with my son and point out to him what is easy for me to see that Ja is doing. That's a mistake when my son wants his shoes. I'm going to get him his shoes. What the He's f- like, my son wants to rock his shoes. So obviously my son sees him in a certain light and really doesn't understand the, the fullness of what's going on, how it connects to the business, it how it connects to this. Player and that, the media cycle runs out. We're talking about no, it, it does, bro. It does. If you've been in these, if you've been whether it's sports radio or any other media, who they who they sell to, because there's only one particular group that they worry about. We just be honest about it. 
when you're in these boardrooms, whether it's a radio, TV, the advertising, marketing, do you it's think only go ahead. Dragging this like they the NFL dragged the Demar Hamlin thing. Because think about it, if if like you said, if Adam Silver Silver could have just said this when he made the conference before the NBA finals. He the could only, have, but that would have been that would have been in, in bad taste. It would have been in bad taste because the story would have taken over the finals. How? The, it the, nobody, dude, anybody thinking about who played in the finals? Wait a minute, who played in the finals? Who played in the finals? A guy you just asked me how. Go home. A guy exactly. Go home. Exactly. That's exactly. that supposed to make news. Exactly. <laughs> John Morant would have been a block the next morning on the day of Game One. It's, it's, it's totally different. It's totally different. They knew that they couldn't have that news come out before the finals. It would have trumped it. It just would have because there was no buzz. There was no buzz about the finals. They're dragging this whole thing because Gilbert Arenas, okay, that's a that situation. I can see why, okay, taking some time to really evaluate the number of games. Yeah. Bring a gun to the arena. Okay, I get that. He just bringing it to the arena. Him and his boy, they yeah. they, they just brandished it. Yeah, I mean, he threw it at each other. Like that is obvious. Gilbert yeah. said he brought his whole collection. Like, yo, what's up? Pick one. I mean, at that point, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so yeah, that's a totally they make that equivalent to the job thing. John yeah. at his house, yeah, run his business. Yeah, you know, obviously okay, social okay, but. Come on, y'all can't equate the two things as the same punishment. I mean, like David Solomon, let me tell you something. The worst thing that Ja could do, I see what you're saying. The worst thing Ja could do would be try to, to sue the NBA. Because uh, then they'll just be bitter and won't let you play ever. Don't, don't, you don't want to play that game. That's yeah. the, that, you don't not want to play that game. I promise it, you. It would be good if you had alter, alternative, alternative leagues outside the NBA that. But it's like you exiting yourself out of that for what? It's like take your little 25. But see, this is the thing. This is why it's, um, I still don't think uh, he's just going to have to grow up at his own pace, right? Because he's not, he's not going to change his friends. That's what he's not changing his friends. It's a, he he's lost not going to. Battle. It's just he, the most losing he lost a battle, battle. that's not illegal. But he's still, like he's still like the highest – fastest selling shoe this year so in his eyes he's still winning he's not dropping in popularity he's definitely not dropping in popularity in the culture so it's like at that point you know the nba is in the the nba is in a, a place where they just hope they just hope that no more incidents pop up that they have to deal with because this is something they don't even want to deal with, honestly. I think it was very uncomfortable for the Players Association. I I fully understand why Commissioner Silver and the execs in the tight suits, why they felt the way they felt. It's their job to protect the brand. That's their job. They do what they do. The Player Association, because players are probably like, man, he really didn't do anything. He didn't commit a crime. 
but we have to placate and, and yeah, it's like we work. have to act like this is a real thing. That's absolutely we, we have to placate like and work with the office of the commissioner. That yeah. y'all really going through something, right? Right. It made stupid ass, you know, stupid. Right. And it's like, yeah. You know, I just hate it that he has to face so much backlash. It's like you forced to punish yourself or yeah. something like. Oh. So. Tabron Benny Powell from Liberty Township High School received an offer. He's a 24 safety, not a 25 safety. He's a 24 safety. So this recruiting cycle, he showed out at the camp yesterday and received the offer from Notre Dame and uh, left. Man, I want to see what you think about the young man from your uh, hometown state, man. He he wowed everybody and immediately got a big time offer from Notre Dame, and this is what he bears to offer. Let's check him out, left. <laughs> okay, here you go. <laughs> He likes I, like that, his, I like that he put his body into the tackle. You know, yeah. Like body tackle, but he ain't just, you know, I'm going to lay on top of you. He definitely likes to stick his nose in the action. Okay. He bringing guys down. That's one thing. He, he for sure. Contact. He's bringing you to the ground. It would be nice to see some of those behind the line of scrimmage, you know. Oh, plays the ball nicely. Got good hand-eye coordination, you know. Some guys would have failed trying to pick up the fumble. They overhyped. He made it look smooth. Okay, we see him out of coverage a little bit away from the line. Covering the crosser. He definitely got an effortlessness about him. He doesn't look like he's straining at all, which is pretty good indicator that he's a pretty good football player. Not a lot of strain to his game. He just like, is he running for real? But he out there just playing the right way, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's a benefit when looking at film. Look, no strain. No strain, no strain. That might have been the first kind of missed tackle that we've seen, but he recovered to get the tackle. I like that he can he, he's going to tackle you. He ain't just going to trip you up. He has else. really good quick change of direction too, left. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Hip turn. Look like drill work to me. Yeah. You know, look like what you do in individual drill, you shuffle, slide, react. Way to keep playing, way to keep playing, way to keep playing. 
Look at that, just good football plays, you know. Good reaction. He's not that tall, is he? What is he like six one? Yeah, definitely a kid with no strain in his game, man. Um, I don't know if it's it's not an explosiveness that I would say, but he definitely is a good football player. Who's quick to the ball, great tackler, plays with a with a with a leverage too. <coughs> Play just standing straight up. He's usually in a good athletic position. That's why he's probably a great tackler because he plays with good leverage. His shoulders are staying low. Even on contact, you know, good little player. Yeah, he's 6'2", 170. 6'2", 170. That's what they have him listed. He looks a little bit bigger than 170 yeah. to me at first glance. But 6'2", 170. He may be able to grow into a linebacker rover situation. Yeah. You know, especially as sure as a tackler he is. And he's comfortable playing. And he plays both ways. So he's a good athlete. Can run with the ball. Like you said, he had to show something yesterday at camp to just grab an offer, being in the 24 class. And I hear some people out there, what you're thinking? Like, man, does this kind of point out how poorly the safety position has been recruited in the 24 class? Well, you could say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, if you get a kid that shows and proves right in front of you, I mean, what else? What else do you say? He's just one of those players you can put in many different spots. He's just one of those athletes, you know. Yeah. Fits the, the, do you play three or four positions? Are you a good sideline to sideline guy? And that's what Marcus Freeman really is looking for. So he fits the, the recruit profile of what we're looking for. Physical. Uh-huh. Can play five different positions. And he can run sideline to sideline. That's he fits that. So once you get in that category, I mean, it's definitely what we're looking for, to say the least. I agree. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So left man, great show today, man. It was a pleasure to talk recruiting. The official visits this weekend, a smaller group, but an important group coming in. And Look, Kingston is very important. Kingston is the type of recruit that Notre Dame needs to get in the class because guys like Justin Scott have their eyes on the class and who else will be jumping into the class. So it's very important to get top-notch kids like that into the class. We talked about C.J. Carr, how well he's performing and competing at the Elite 11 after two days and what he would bring to the program and how comfortable – Look, there's no pressure. In my opinion, there would be little pressure on C.J. Carr when he comes to campus because there's a dude in front of him that has a bunch of confidence, bro. Right. Like, and C.J.'s going to feel that when he walks into that quarterback room. Kenny's not going to back off because no. C.J. Carr walks in the door. The same way he moves right now is the same way that Kenny Minchie's going to move when C.J. walks in the door. So at that point, you know, one of the things I do love, I think Brian Driscoll put this up 
the person he talked to that was there said that CJ stood and watched the Elite 11 counselors and what they said to all the other quarterbacks. And then he engaged with the quarterbacks and, you know, he even helped out some guys with certain things and just shared things with certain guys. And they were just talking about how he just moved different, moved differently than the other quarterbacks that would go off and talk to some of the wide receivers and talk to some of the other people on the sideline while they weren't performing. So, and he was really locked in on the competition and just being a part of it and soaking everything up. So that, that was great to hear that, you know, he moves like that. Yeah, it's awesome to hear a guy that, uh, you know, keeps the main thing the main thing. Um, a guy that can be focused on the task at hand, but still be a personable guy. I mean, I feel like yeah. CJ is probably one of the more likable guys in the locker room and just at the competition itself. Yeah. Uh, but also has some, some enough stuff to him to where he's respected on the field and, and what he's able to bring in. You know, when you have those type of intangibles, they can't count you out of any competition uh, that you're in. So I do feel good. That's what I'm saying. He's he's going to give us the chance to win all these big games. Yeah. Maybe not the de facto reason why, but we're not looking at the quarterback position as to why we're not beating the Georgias, Alabamas, Ohio States. He's going to give us a chance. I will just like to tip a cap. You know, you want to, hey, you can mute me if you want to, because I, I know you react a certain way to certain names on this show. So I just want to tip my cap to my dog who made a purchase of $180 million 20 years ago and just cashed out for three bill. Salute to you, Michael Jordan. That's a, that's a sound investing, my brother. The man been rich for a minute, so. I'm just saying, bro, that's that's a pretty good investment, bro. And the team stinks, and he still got three bills. So that's amazing. See, what's amazing is you got a graduate. Go ahead. What, what you say? Nah, just who you got to congratulate. That's an amazing investment. For investing in the ring camera. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. That is. That, you it's know, time to get like, petty. Like, you know, <laughs> petty coat junction train. What is today's pettiest story? Petty junction. Hey, I can respect both of those guys. Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Adora Whiskey, AdoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AdoraWhiskey.com. Once again, podcast will be up. We thank Paul Grasmanis for joining us today. I got to put this dude that I used to work with on a, on, a, on a petty train, man. You know me, bro. I, You know, anytime I see a recruit put Notre Dame in their top 10 or put – no name is finalist as a decision comes. I retweet, throw up the clover, you know, just, you know, just engaging on social media. There's one dude I used to work with who, you know, tries to be super deep about Notre Dame. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he said something crazy. And, I, you know, you think somebody's like 
having fun with you. And I'm like, after I realized, you know, when he said, I said what I said, I'm like, hold on. First of all, you're not a tough guy. We all know this. You know I know this. So be cool. You know, so I try to hit him offline, left. Oh, yeah. I try I try to hit him offline. Like I got your number. I don't have to, we don't have to do this. Yeah, we don't on Twitter. No, yeah. I'm gonna hit you. He brings the conversation from the phone to Twitter. And I'm like, okay, this is the type of guy you are. Okay. All right. Huh? He said he wants attention. I almost wished I was in high school, dude, because back in the days when I actually kind of had a fluid cuss to me, my cuss was a little more fluid. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't ingrained in my word as I am now. That's right. Yeah. I wish I could have given him about, you know, three or four bars. Yeah. Of a little something, something. But, you know, to each his own, man. Each his own, man. Like, I said what I said. Like, dude, you... Dude, you're a halfway certain crook, bro. Certain things, certain things require responses. Dude. So I had to put him on the petty train. I told him I was going to put him on the petty train. Yeah, you... I told him I would. So, and uh, kudos, kudos to the uh, to the Bulls front office. But I got to put you on the petty train for being a year and a half too late because now, now they want to trade Zach Levine. You know, I told y'all that two years ago. Yeah. Before yeah. you paid them all the money, before yeah. you gave the big contract, I said trade them. Now all of a sudden you realize it was a trick pony. One trick pony. All you do, all you can do is shoot dunk. That's it. Has nothing else. Nothing else. Man. Paul Grassmanis is already hitting us up, saying, "Man, thanks again, and how much he enjoyed it." Uh, he said, "Man, down the road, if you guys are ever in the Nashville area." Hit me up. You see, he was rocking. You see, he was rocking the old style, uh, old style Chicago beer shirt. Right. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right. He's been some places. <laughs> Somebody asked a question. They said they're trying to find uh, a door in the South Bend area. Left. Where can they find it? Uh, Total Wines or um, got to miss some mom and pop shops close to uh, what's that place called? It's called this. Chain liquor store in South Bend. I'll think of it. We'll put it on the, the podcast next time. Okay. We'll get that to you. Maybe even put it out on social media this weekend. Uh, this is for you, Left. Uh, Nikki B21. Minchie's lower half is big and he's going to get stronger. This will improve his arm strength. That's one of the only things he lacks. Watch. You feel the same way, Left? Man, just enough reps. I think he'll get a chance to really flourish into the player that I believe he can be. And, and you know, when you got that touch, that's all you need, man. Touch and action. D-Rock Irish for you, Sean. Basketball, John Rothstein just broke the Illinois and Florida Atlantic. I finalized an agreement to play in the 2023 Jimmy V Classic at MSG, according to multiple sources. Florida Atlantic will win by 10. 
I hate the program right now. I can't stand our coach. It is what it is. They're going to win by 10. Agree. It is what it is, man. Ryan Lofton said Belmont Beverage. Yeah, I think that might be it. Or it's another one that's like more rinky dink. I'll get it. So it is what it is, man. Great show today. We'll tap in with you guys. Don't forget, each Sunday, the best of, we have another great interview from the past with a Notre Dame player that will be available on podcasts and spot, Apple Podcasts and Spotify via CFB Nation. Subscribe. Climbing to 4,000 is because of you guys, and we appreciate you. Hit the thumbs up. Helps with the views. And share and let everybody know. Lucky Lefty Podcast, giving you the audio edibles each and every day. We spend it. Different. Have a fantastic weekend for the original Lucky Lucky himself, Malik Zaire. I'm Sean Davis. Hey, man, we bid you adieu until next week. We have a couple more guests and more talk as we get closer to the start of fall camp coming up right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Have a great weekend, but most of all, make sure that you spin it different. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.